thankful that each and every one of you are here today to worship. All right, let's get started this morning. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter and the 24th verse. 12th chapter and the 24th verse of the book of Hebrews. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. And I want to read to you uh, to this, the 24th verse. He says, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, that's Hebrews 12 and verse 24, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. We want to remember those in prayer and pray for them and pray the Lord will see fit to bless them. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity we have to be into thy house, Lord. And, and we're so thankful that you've taken care of us and you have preserved us and, and you, you have uh, kept us safe. And, Lord, I pray that you'll continue to do that. I pray, Lord, and since I've heard about these children, it has, it has just broke my heart, Lord. And, and, and I, I just pray that you'll see fit to go with those little children, Lord, uh, that, that have got this and it has affected them. Lord, I pray for them. I pray for the grown-ups, Lord, whoever they might be. I pray for those families that may have somebody in the family, Lord, that has this terrible disease. And, Lord, I pray for it. But mainly, Lord, I pray today that you will send whatever is necessary to burn this out, Lord. If it's a, if it's a sunshine, send it, Lord. Send it hot enough to burn it out. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit to bless us. I know, Lord, that uh, if, if we're ever blessed, you'll have to bless us because there's nothing out there in the world that's going to bless us. And, Lord, there might be things out there in the world make us happy. might be things out there in the world that makes a pleasure. But, Lord, nothing out there in the world is going to bless us like you bless your children. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> Today the title of my message is the blood that speaks. The blood that speaks. And I want, I want to, uh, want to mention this. Blood is mysterious. Blood is sacred. Blood is life. Blood has condemning power. And blood has redeeming power. Now remember those things. Blood, blood is a, is a most mysterious thing that there is. You know, there was a man one time in Cincinnati, Ohio. I don't know how many of you remember this. Maybe some of you older older ones will remember this. But there's a man in Cincinnati, Ohio claimed that he created blood, uh, that he made blood out of some chemicals. And, and he did, and, and this is the truth. He put a rat in it, and he sealed the top of it. He filled a, He filled the jar all the way up to uh, the top, and he and he put a rat down in a live rat, and he turned and sealed the top up, and when he went back a couple days later, the rat was still alive. So he really thought that he had come up with something that it, it, it was uh, work as blood. Well, they found somebody who tried it. Well, they did, and they died because. Uh, Blood is so mysterious. I, I don't think anybody can duplicate it. I don't think it can ever be duplicated, and, and, and that's what makes the blood of Christ so special, and we're going to talk about that today. 
So blood is mysterious. Blood is sacred. Blood is life. Blood has condemning power. Blood has redeeming power. When the Lord gave the Israelites instruction as to eating of flesh, this is what he said. He said, only be sure that thou eat not the blood, for the blood is, for the blood is the life, and that thou mayest not eat the life with the flesh. Deuteronomy 12:23. So uh, he says, therefore, for the blood is the life. Blood is the life of everything. Everything. It's the life of everything. It's the life of every animal. It's the life of, of every human. Blood, blood, blood is the life. Now, there are two people's blood mentioned in the text that I just read to you. The blood of murdered Abel and the blood of murdered Jesus are the two that are mentioned here in the text. There are two different bloods are mentioned here in the text. So we want to, we want to remember that and, and think about that. The different, the different, the difference, I'm sorry, lies in the offerings that Cain and Abel made to the Lord. That, that's where the difference lies at, in the offerings that Cain, Cain and Abel made, uh, to the Lord. Cain came before God with a proud and haughty spirit, simply rejecting God's command for a blood offering. That's how Cain approached God. And that's how, uh, that's why that, uh, God rejected his, his offering. Cain's offering was, was a diabolical rejection of God as being a sovereign of all creation. And thus the offering he brought was directly from the seed of the serpent. That's the one he brought, you know, from the seed of the serpent who deceived his mother. It was a indication of the non-elect. And, uh, that's, a, that was the indication of of the offering that Cain brought. You know, we, the non-elect, the non-elect will think that they can just do anything religious and God will accept it. That's not true. They, they think if they go to church so long, God will accept, accept that and, and go on and take them on to heaven. That's not true. They, they think that if they read their Bible enough and, and they read their Bible and they, and, and they turn over a new leaf and, Start reading their Bible and start praying and all this that God will accept that. That's not true. God will not accept the, the prayers of a non-elect person. I want you to understand that now. I know a lot of people don't like that, but that's true. That's true. Just as sure, just as sure as I'm standing here today and you're sitting there. That's true. God will not accept the prayers of the non-elect. He will not accept the offerings of the non-elect. When I say he won't accept them, I'm not saying they can't put it in the box back there, but I'm saying that God won't accept them. God won't accept them as a deed done by someone that someday is going, is either going to be one of his children or are one of his children. Now, the offering brought by Abel recognized God as being the sovereign of, cre- of the creation. And thus his offering was of the blood of a beast. Now, it was the same blood of the beast of which God used to make the skins to clothe his mother and father in order to cover their sin. That's, that, that was the first incident of blood covering right there in, in the Old Testament. And so Abel brought a blood offering to God, and that's what God accepted. And, and, of course, you, you, you get into this a little further. 
you're going to learn that that's the only kind of offering God would accept for us is a blood offering. And that blood offering was given by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, he was the one that offered up his own blood that we, that we may be cleansed because our blood does not have a redeeming power. When we die, our blood dries up. And, and it's gone. And, but, but the fact is, the blood of, of Jesus never dies. It lives on and on and on. So we're going to talk about that today also. Thus, this offering that, that Abel offered, this offering of blood was an indication of the elect of God. The elect will come to God exactly the way God purposes them to come. They'll come exactly the way God purposes them to come. None of you were saved any differently than the other. Nobody in the Old Testament, I don't care what some of these preachers teach, nobody in the Old Testament was saved any different than we are. And nobody in the New Testament was saved in any other way. The Old Testament saints look forward to the shedding of the blood of Jesus on Calvary's tree. We look back at it. We look back at it in, in the sense that, that we look back at it and, and, and we thank the Lord that he did that just for us. We didn't see him die. We didn't watch him die. It's like the Old Testament saints. They never watched him die. But it, it was the blood that he sacrificed there on, on Calvary's tree. It was blood that he sacrificed there that God accepted. He accepted his blood as a covering for all of our sins. That is the elect. For all of our sins, just like God accepted Adam's, I mean, I'm sorry, Abel's a blood sacrifice. He accepts our blood sacrifice, which is done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that sacrificed his blood. Now, another thing is Cain, like many today, testified that God created the world and gave to man the things man needed to live, which was, which also in, included the blood. However, like many today, he never thought himself as being a guilty sinner. He never thought himself as being a guilty sinner. He thought he was doing everything just right. Now listen, folks, some people says, I've had people tell me over the years, well, it wasn't fair that God accepted uh, uh, Abel's offering, but he wouldn't accept Cain's. Why wouldn't God accept Cain's? I've had that question asked to me many, many times over the years. Well, what, what is the difference? What's the purpose of all that. Why didn't God just accept that Abel did the best he could? God doesn't accept the best we can do. God, the best we can do is, the best we can do is trust Jesus and trust that his blood was shed that might cover every sin that we ever committed in the past, every sin that we committed uh, presently, and every sin we commit in the future. Jesus Christ covered that with his blood. And we're thankful for that. When God, when God sees the blood, He sees the saint. When God sees the blood, He sees the saint. And, and that's exactly the way it is. It has nothing to do with who you are, what you are, how much money you put in a box, how often you come to church, how many times you pray, and how often you read your scriptures. It doesn't make any difference when it comes to being saved. Because the only salvation is it's when Jesus, when, when God the Father looks on, up on the blood of his Son that is a mediator that covers every sin of every one of his children. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, he never thought, uh, Cain never thought of himself as a sinner. 
He never thought himself doing any wrong by approaching God with the wrong sacrifice. Cain, Cain thought that was right. He thought he had done a, a, a very religious thing by approaching God with that sacrifice. Uh, and, and he, and with the wrong sacrifice and was happy just believing that there's a God. Just happy. He have, he was happy just believing that there was a God. And, and, and he was happy with that. He, he didn't know until his, his, when he, when he got to very, uh, when God said, I can't accept that. I can't accept that. It's going to be just like when, when lost sinners stand before the judgment and God says, I never knew you. Now think about that for just a moment. What I'm, what I'm preaching to you today. God's, God's going to say someday, I never knew you as lost sinners stand before him. And so certainly it was like God told Cain. God told Cain says, I can't accept that. I can't accept that. I, I don't know anything about what you're doing. But Cain thought that, thought everything was just right. He thought everything was just, just like it, just like God would want it. You would be very surprised if you knew how many are in the world today just like Cain. They're in the world today just like Cain. There's people sitting in churches today think it's okay just because they believe there's a God. Or they think it's okay just because they believe in going to church. They think it's okay just because they believe in, in reading the Bible. They think it's okay just because they believe in, in uh, giving God some kind of, uh, of alms at, at times. They think, oh, that's okay. Oh, that's just fine. And they're happy with that. They're very happy with that. And, and, and they're happy when, when preachers stand up in the pulpit and tell them that's okay. They're very happy with that. And, and certainly, uh, you're going to find out that that's not okay. It's not fine. It was Jude. It was Jude who said, woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Oh, you'd be surprised, the people out there today that are going in the way of Cain. Oh, they're, they're, they're flocking in the way of Cain. And, and, and also he mentions the, the way of, of Baal. And, and, and he mentions of, of those that go that, go that way. So men, men have, <coughs> men have several religious roads they can take in worshiping God and coming to the Lord. They have, they have several religious roads they can take. You know, they, <coughs> they can, <coughs> they can go and think that, well, I, I, I don't like him because he preaches things that I don't agree with. I don't like him because he preaches like Brother Paul's preaching today. I don't like him. That, that, that's, that's, that's the way they are. I've had people tell me, well, I, I just don't like the things you stand for. I just don't like the things you preach. And, and, and so they, they don't, they don't want to hear it. But to the contrary, Abel obeyed God and brought a blood offering, which was accepted by God. And this angered Cain and he murdered Abel. Immediately, when God rejected Cain's offering, anger set in him. 
And he said, he said, God, accept my brother, and I'm going to kill him. And he did kill his brother. He murdered his brother. So that's why we're talking about two different peoples here. We're talking about murdered Abel and murdered Jesus. Now let's say this. The, uh, the blood offering Abel offered was sufficient for the day. Now I want you to understand the blood offering that, that Abel offered was not saving blood offer but it was what god it what is what god wanted as an offering for that time the blood offering abel offered was sufficient for the day but was not sufficient for the giving of eternal life that's not the blood offering if, if abel is in heaven today and i believe he will be if abel's in heaven today it's because of the blood of jesus it wasn't because he offered a blood offering uh, instead of instead of an offering of his hands, of his work of his hands, um, Abel Abel's blood off. I'm sorry, Abel's blood cried out from the grave in the conscience of his brother. After, after all all this happened, Abel's blood. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His conscience told him. Talking about Cain now. His conscience told him that he was a guilty wretch to spill his brother's blood. Even though he said, I'm not my brother's keeper. But anyway, his conscience, let me tell you folks, it's conscience that a lot of people have to deal with. It's conscience that a lot of people have to deal with. And I know if you're saved today and, and you've, uh, uh, and you're saved today and you're uh, I know there's times when you have to deal with your own conscience because there are things that we do as, as saved people that our conscience starts bothering us about. I know that to be the truth. Well, that was with, with Cain. With Cain, it was that his conscience began to bother him so bad his conscience told him that he was a guilty wretch to spill his brother's blood. Abel's blood cried out from the grave in the conscience of Cain, asking him, where will you go now? What are you going to do now? He looked at himself. When God brought the, the uh, when God brought the, uh, uh, chastised him for what he did, he looked at himself and he said, uh, I'll be a vagabond. I, I will, I will, men will seek to kill me when they see me like this. God, why did you do this to me? Why, why, why did you make me like this? Well, that was Abel's blood crying out from the grave for him to see that and, and understand that. Abel's blood cried out from the grave that Cain was a vagabond, that the, that the men of the world would seek him out and destroy him, as we just said. Abel's blood cried out from the grave in the conscience of Cain that he woke up at night fearing that in the morning there would be one waiting to kill him and send his unworthy soul to hell. How many lost people today, how many lost terrible people today wake up every morning, especially when you get my age? You know, people don't think about that. I, Ron and I were talking about this. I believe it was maybe yesterday. We were talking about this. And, you know, people don't start thinking about their souls until they get up to where they know that their days are short and their time is short here. I've... I've I've never had a lost person or saved person ever lay on a deathbed worrying about how much money he's got. 
worrying about how many, what fine cars he had, worrying about what, what wonderful house he lived in, worrying about all these things. What, what, what man, when man goes to the, when man goes to his deathbed, he starts wondering about eternity. He starts thinking, I don't care who he is, he starts thinking about eternity. He starts thinking about well, what, uh, what is this thing with eternity? What is this thing called hell? What is this thing? You know, uh, I, I don't understand it. Oh, God, don't send me to a place like this. There was a man up in Kentucky. He went to his death crying out, God, don't send me to hell. Please, God, don't send me to hell. He went out crying that way. And I'll tell you nothing than the Bible did. Esau. Esau went out of, went out of this life crying unto God. God, just accept my repentance. God wouldn't accept it. Just like Cain, God would not accept his sacrifice. You'll say, well, God's not a very good God. He is a good God. Because he'll, he'll accept the blood of Jesus. That's what makes him a good God. Abel's blood, um, it woke up at nights and, Okay, Abel's blood cried out from the grave in the conscience of Cain and put him in a misery, put him in misery for the rest of his life. Cain was in misery for the rest of his life, though he prospered. Now listen, folks, this is what a lot of people don't understand. I preached on that several years ago, how Cain prospered. I think the title of the message was, How a Lost Man Can Prosper in This World. And I used Cain as an example. Cain became a very wealthy man in this world. And Cain became a very wealthy man, but that thought in his conscience of him killing his brother never left him. God told him, said, that's never going to leave you. It's going to always be there. It's going to always be there. And I want to tell you, some of the sins that people commit today, they're always going to be there. That's why he talks about sin unto death. Let me tell you, folks, it, it's, 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 it's crazy to have to live in misery concerned about a sin that we may have committed. And, 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 and I'm just thankful to God. I, I've committed some terrible sins. I've committed sins after I was saved. I've committed some terrible sins after I was saved. And I want to tell you, folks, every day I'm just thankful to God that he saved my soul because I wouldn't have any other recourse. None, none whatsoever. Now let, let us see a, a, a sweet change of the blood of Christ speaking ever so alive from the right hand of the Father. Yes, Jesus has died, but his blood still speaks out. Still speaks out all over the universe. Speaks out all over the world, all, all among the living. Jesus' blood speaks out. It speaks out clear and plain. It speaks much better things than that of Abel's to Cain. It speaks much better things than that of Abel to Cain. Have you, have you ever heard the cry of the blood of Christ in your conscience? Have you ever heard that cry of the blood of Christ in your conscience? Well, I have. You, you may say, no, I've heard people say, no, ain't nothing bothers me. Well, I have. I've heard it. I've, I've heard that cry. I've, I've heard that cry myself from my conscience. I thank God that I heard that 
still small voice crying from heaven. I thank God that one day, every time, every time I think my conscience begins to bother me about some of the things I do, I'm thankful to God for that, for that still small voice that spoke to me in, in, in March of 1967. I'm thankful for that. If it wasn't for that, I'd go crazy. Wasn't for that, I'd be insane. You, you might think, well, you're already crazy. Well, I may be. And if I live five more years, I'll be crazier. But, but I'm going to tell you folks, uh, you might think I'm crazy, but I'm thankful that God saved me 53 years ago. Well, it has been 53 years. God saved me 53 years ago. I couldn't deal with my conscience. Man's conscience, there's a lot of people go around every day with conscience that bother them so much that they can't find any peace. They can't find any peace. As I said Wednesday night, there's people who would give anything, anything to have peace. Have peace. I pray every night before I go to sleep, God give me peaceful sleep. And then I say, what other kind of sleep are there in the Lord? It's peaceful sleep. It's peaceful sleep. Just, just, I just think about what if I wasn't saved? How could I lay my head down on that pill at night and go to sleep with my conscience bothering me so bad? At my age, brother Sam, my age. You know, we're not talking about, we're not talking about you young people out there who are happy, glowing anything you're doing, you're just as happy with it as you can be. Or you, you young parents out there that don't care what your kids do, just let them go on and do it. But at my age, I can't have a guilty conscience. You know what I'm talking about, Brother Sam? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. At my age, you can't have a guilty conscience. You've got to have a clear conscience. Let me tell you, folks. Christ's blood... Let me say this. Christ, well, let me get, yeah, Christ's blood has never spoken that it has not redeemed the one spoken to. Irresistible grace. Christ's blood has never spoken from the grave to anyone who he had had intended on saving. Sure haven't. Christ's blood has never spoken that he has not redeemed the one spoken to. Christ's blood will never cry vengeance even toward those who murdered him. Yes, it won't do it. Christ won't take vengeance on those who murdered him. I'm glad to God, I'm, I'm glad to uh, God the Father in the name of Lord Jesus Christ that he doesn't take vengeance because we helped put him on that tree of Calvary. Your sins and my sins put him there. He, he, it never cries out vengeance. Never cries out vengeance. Just like the blood of Abel never cried out vengeance. But the blood of Abel cried out to Cain, the sinner, who killed him for his, his whole lifetime. Cain died and went to hell. Esau died and went to hell because what he did for his, bro, in his brother Joseph, what he did... Stayed with him all of his whole life. Let, let me tell you, folks, it's a wonderful thing. 
We have put him on the tree of death, but yet his blood speaks to us every day of our miserable life and our need to confess and repent of our terrible sins. It speaks to us every day. It speaks to us every day. It speaks to us every day that we need to repent of our terrible sins. Let me ask, let me ask you, as the old song asks, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you? Think about that for just a moment. You have to be washed in the blood. If you ever want to find peace, you don't have to go out there in the world and find something that makes you happy. You can be happy right in here. You can be happy right in the Lord's house, which I don't see a lot of happiness, but you can be happy right in the Lord's house. You can be rejoicing. I've, I've seen people put on Facebook, I'm so glad I get to go back and worship with, with, with my people that I love. I'm so glad to get to do that. You could be glad to be here too. It, w- it would be no chore for you to come to Landmark Baptist Church. There's no chore there. You love to do it. You love to be here. As old brother David Collier said, you don't have to go to church. You want to go to church. You want to be in the Lord's house. You want to be here. You want to be, you want to be here worshiping the Lord because he, what? Because he saved you. He saved you. Is the blood of the lamb crying out to you today? If so, come and be cleansed. Now we're, I'm going to come down in front and I'm going to, we're going to sing a verse of song and so, I do want all of you to uh, stand and